0: Here we are. Welcome to the Heart Guide Media podcast, our second annual Halloween episode. Brian, say hello.
1: Hello. Do you think I should move like over here? I'm yeah, sorry. if you feel so okay. inclined.
0: We were picking up your voice fine when we were sound checking, but yeah, that's move true. closer. Move closer if you fucking need to. So, our second annual Halloween episode. How do you feel to be a part of this one? You weren't part of the one last year, but no one was. Yeah, it, was it was just me. It was just me. No. The one on actual Halloween? No, it was just me. Oh,
1: but we have the Halloween party one, too. Yeah.
0: But today, we are talking about Wes Craven's 2005 clusterfucked, yet masterful, cursed.
1: Can Can we say happy Halloween to everyone first? Happy Halloween. And also announce that Eric Tyler, who often is on this podcast... Is a married man now, so congratulations, Eric. Congratulations to Eric and Jen, and Jen. Um, Jen has never been on this podcast, but
0: she should be. She's been in the background, as is Bridget, so that's all that counts. Um,
1: Good, okay.
0: But also, that's kind of uh, somewhat a cause for our absence, is uh, we've been uh, busy the last last ten or so days, so prepping for this wedding and uh, being
1: in it. Mm-hmm. Um my first time in a wedding. Was it time? your first time? Second time. Second time. What was your no. Rick. Oh yeah, okay.
0: But yeah, Wes Craven's cursed. Okay, I mean, and well, this kind of fell into our lap picking this topic too. Explain a little bit, Brian.
1: Okay. Well, the other night I decided to randomly pop cursed in and while I did, I posted about it and and how like you know. I wish we could see the original cut. Or at least one of the original cuts. Because a Judy Greer has been quoted as saying... There's enough footage for like five, four movies. Yeah. So then Jesse texted me like a, a day later. Yeah. And what did you send me, Jesse? A bloody
0: disgusting article... About a former executive for Dimension... That has said... That the original cut... Of the film does exist in full, fully edited, the whole kit and caboodle is still in there. And then I read, well, I sent you that article, literally the yeah. next day they had posted it on Bloody Disgusting that day, which was yesterday, October 30th. Um, so it was kind of coincidental, maybe, there are no coincidences. Um, It was very happenstantial that that occurred, so we... Same. Why did
1: I, what, why cursed of all my movies, you know, that I just decided to pop in that one? I know. It's like I have ESPN or something. A fifth sense. Touche. Um,
0: but yeah, it's uh, something I stumbled upon, obviously, loving Wes Craven. I'll never forget when I bought it. I actually bought it at a Savon gas station, October 2005.
1: Like, right after it came out on yeah. DVD?
0: Yeah. was that. It was at a Savon gas station, bought it cheap, probably like 10, 15 bucks, uh, loved it immediately. Obviously knowing the history behind it now, we would probably enjoy the other cut more, but it's hard to say this. They took this movie away from Wes and they, they, they raped and pillaged and plundered. And of course we let later found out Weinstein had been doing that to female actresses for a
1: while Um, I have always hated the Weinsteins. Oh, me too. Let me just say, they produced a lot of some of my favorite films of the 90s and 2000s and 2010s even. But uh, I just, you know, we grew up watching them butcher movies that could have been great. And then Halloween 6, for example, uh, Hellraiser 4 you know i know a lot of people were done as soon as they they heard pinhead was going to be in space but <laughs> from what i heard the original cut of Hellraiser bloodline sounded much more interesting than what we got and they ruined that i mean they don't even they didn't even know what they were doing with the Hellraiser series eventually yeah. they were just pumping out like no budget Hellraiser sequels just to hold on to the rights i'm getting a little off topic here but just to hold on to the rights so that they could eventually produce a remake, although they dicked around Clive Barker, and when he sent them a script for a remake written by Clive Barker, they're like, "Oh, we'll get back to you," and then they did another sequel. Yeah, Insane. that's just the kind of people they are. But I'll, can I t- can I talk about what I know of the original cut? Of please cursed. indulge Indulgence. and i mean i know you well, some of you know some of this stuff too but
0: i know i know a vast majority of it but maybe I, there's some stuff i don't know please uh, wax intellectually
1: the original cast included some of who we do see in the final cut which is christina ricci jesse eisenberg um, the
0: the cut that we see great cast yeah. Right, fucking cast.
1: Judy Greer, I love me some Judy Greer.
0: Joshua Jackson coming out of fucking obscurity in
1: 05 to fucking reclaim his crown. Yeah, but Josh Joshua Jackson replaced Skeet Skeet Ulrich. It would have been great to see him again. That um, would have been that would have made it all worth it for me. Yes, Maya replaced Mandy Moore. Mandy that Moore. maybe that wouldn't have made much of a difference for me, honestly. But but I'm gonna
0: jump in with the factoids while you're rattling stuff off. But Mandy Moore. Was in the original cut. Milo V, who plays the gay jock, was also is in the finished product. But those two co-star currently in this is us show on ABC. Great show.
1: Continue, Brian. Interesting facts, Jesse. Thank you. Um, that show is pretty big right now, right? I love it. It's great. Um, Heather Langenkamp would have been great to see her in a West Craven film again. Oh yeah. Fucking Omar Epps. I like Omar Epps.
0: He must have uh had a relationship from wait, it was Mike
1: Epps, right? No, it was yeah. Omar. It was Omar. Epps. It was Omar. Yeah. Elena Douglas. I like that quirky quirky lady. Corey Feldman. Feld dog. The Feld Dog. And you know what? There's little things in Curse that sorta of remind me of Lost Boys. I don't know if it was intentional. We'll get into that later. One yeah, of the Brolins, I definitely want to hear that. One of the Brolins. He was either Josh Brolin or, or James Brolin.
0: James Brolin was uh, like ninety eight at the time, so I don't think it was. Yeah, he's probably, not that
1: old. Look it up. He's fucking old as shit. Um, besides James Brolin, Robert Forster, who's one. Josh of, Brolin, you mean? One of my favorite actors, Robert Forster. Ricci's great.
0: Christina Ricci is great. She, she actually has a hell of a kind of like a little horror uh filmography. You know, when you yeah. go if you go but if you count the the children stuff as well, yeah. you know, you're talking Casper, you're talking uh what was that one she was in with fucking Liam Neeson and Justin Long? Afterlife? Afterlife. That I was never a great, I, that was a good I've one. I've never seen it.
1: It was good. You should check it out. I should. Adams family movies. These are yeah. movies that are um of interest to horror fans, but yeah. they're not horror. Yeah, yeah. So it does count in a way. Kind of like horror how, elements though. Yeah. Genre movies. Yes. As <laughs> um, it were. Christina also, Ricci is fantastic. She's beautiful. Kinda looks like Bridget actually.
0: She's got a little Bridget's got a little Christina Ricci going on. I see it. Um also Apologies for sucking on this cherry Tootsie Pop, but it's Halloween. You're going to hear some candy chewing. It's only natural. Yep, yep.
1: So, it's kind of... Do you think... Oh, I just want to say some more di- differences. Well, come on, come on. Is that the final cut is basically Scream with Werewolves. You know, and it, it gets to that point where you find out... There's the who done it. you got to figure out who the werewolves are. And then you find out and... Um, well, you should have watched it by now if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, you Judy Greer's character, and like in the Scream movies, she has this endless monologue about why she did it because these werewolves, in in the final cut at least, are self they're aware of what they're doing as they're in wolf form. And the original cut, I guess, was not like that at all. It, it had more of a, a classic werewolf story yeah. as far as I know.
0: You lose control... It overtakes you. You turn.
1: You got no real that. I don't know one hundred percent, but I kind of you know, from what I've read. And this is why I should have taken notes because I kept going. I keep going blank, but I know I I've read a lot of stuff. Um, go on. Jesse. No. Do
0: you think because this movie obviously wasn't, it wasn't a box office smash. Critics hated it. Oh, no. It it fucking it flopped. In almost every sense. And at no point do I blame Wes Craven. Well, no. But, do you think the failure of this werewolf movie in 2005 kind of led to the drought of werewolf movies that
1: we still see to this day? I don't... I feel like there was already a drought. And there kind of was, yeah. I definitely. feel like whenever they brought uh, werewolves back, it was it was not a... Big deal for people. There hasn't been another American Werewolf in London. And The Howling was that same year, too, 1981. Yeah. Which I also think is one of the best werewolf movies, but kind of fell under the radar because of American Werewolf in London. Um, And I th- I think it's just hard for people to get werewolves right, even though I think there's great werewolf movies that came out after Silver Bullet, Bad Moon, Wolf... Ginger Snaps is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But I think people find werewolves silly, sadly. And I think it's because...
0: It's kind of a shame because it's a classic monster. It's a... Yeah. It's, our, it's, And I think part of it is due to... People see Landis' American Werewolf in London. They see Dante the Howling. And I think to a degree... Pe- writers don't know how to write for that, especially now. Yeah. They don't know how to write for a werewolf for a werewolf movie. They don't know how to do that, and it comes up. It can come off as cheesy, right? And I think that's how I think people, most people, view Curse as it comes off as cheesy. You know, you got a werewolf flipping someone off. Literally, a werewolf flipping someone off. I'm gonna say that again. A werewolf flipping someone off.
1: Yes. Um. And the final cut of Cursed is very cheesy and is very fun. But isn't it relieving that it's cheesy and
0: with having a werewolf flipping someone off that they... It's still fun. You could still pop it in and still enjoy that version of the film. And we haven't seen the other film. The other versions of the film, obviously, because they're unreleased. But the fact... That it's been all but confirmed, one hundred percent, that those films are still out there and they could see the light of day is is awesome. I mean, it, it immediately got me. I like lost it as soon as I read it and sent sent it to you immediately. Yeah,
1: because that would be that would be huge for us, Wes Craven fans. Oh yeah, um, it'd be a great way to like honor him to bring his final cut to the light of day.
0: Now, from that cut that you know was supposed to be you know Wes's actual you know wa- work and his thoughts and what he wanted in the film a huge part of what was cut out and I've seen some of them because it's one of the few Instagram accounts that I follow that I really think is awesome and is integral for any horror fan to follow or people that are fans of film that have effects and sp- and rick baker rick baker's account rick baker is the greatest special effects artist that's ever lived and breathed in this world that's my opinion and it's right
1: oh another difference the final cut is supposed to have all practical effects yeah
0: and and it was rick baker they uh, they were like taking stuff out of it Uh, they were like trying to i think that they were kind of pressing rick baker's buttons and I almost, I almost think I read this maybe a little over a year ago. He posted a picture of what one of the the werewolves looked like, his version of it. Uh-huh. And he said this, this was in the original film. And he said something about them trying to, like, tell him what to do as far as, like, the effects and the stuff that they were cutting out. And he pulled back and just said, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm not fucking compromising. I'm not letting you trash this. I'm taking my fucking name off it. You're you're fucking. You get the Rick Baker card taken back. You're fucking done, right? Which is, I mean, the fact that the Weinstein's those dirty fucking money grubbing idiots literally showed so much disrespect not only to Wes Craven but to Rick Baker. Yeah. So much that they said. No, I don't want my name on the project. That should tell you how fucked up it truly was. And this is the this is a film that Wes Craven said, you know, the one lesson I learned was don't do films for money, right? Because they paid him double. They offered him to do double to do
1: this film. Here's what I love about Wes Craven, though he he did do this movie for money, and at he, least he admitted it. He had to put up with so much shit during the production. But I, I watched the making of earlier yeah. after. Finishing the film and he was still like Having fun with what he was doing Oh yeah And he was still like communicating And you know getting along great With everyone on set He didn't shut down Because you could look at it two ways I've seen Wes Craven criticized for being sort of like a A studio puppet And like Really? Yes and, and just let me like finish this Like the Weinsteins They think he didn't fight With the Weinsteins enough but I think Wes Craven was just, like, an easygoing guy, and I think he didn't want to... This is just my personal take on on what I've seen and what I've read about Wes Craven. I think his attitude during all this in Cursed was he was probably frustrated. He was probably pissed off at the Weinsteins. But he probably also felt a personal, like, responsibility to make it fun on the set for everyone that was still there working like right. everyone that he was responsible for i mean he's
0: in it you, you might as yeah. well make the best of the situation
1: yeah and i feel like if if it was his script he probably would have fought harder but it, it wasn't you know he admitted he did it for money so he was just gonna do what he could do yeah that's what i think now
0: let's uh you know cuz there's there's just so much to to think about if that cat if we could see that cast and see the that the the uh, the uh other cut of the film it could uh, it could be really something something really special especially something that's mm-hmm. a little more cravenized um but yeah it's uh the film itself though this the film the finished product that we do have is Campy is enjoyable. Has like good acting. Has fu- funny actors. Funny moments. Yes. Has some serious moments, and it has like a cool vibe to it. Just regardless of all the bullshit that has gone on with the film, it still is a very fun movie to watch. Right. It's it, and you know you got there's so much funny shit in it. Like uh, even like little things. that's like it, funnier now in hindsight. Like the bowling for soup. Like playing it, playing Little Red
1: Riding Hood. Yeah, it's so terrible, but it's so like funny because yeah. it reminds me of a different era of like music. Right, when, when that was the shit that was the most popular. At right. The time. Um. um I, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep thinking of different differences that I remember reading about. This is why I should have taken a notes again. Um, the original version of the film, it was about three strangers. Yeah getting in a car accident and and they're a lot they kind of their lives intersect because they're each and infected with the werewolf curse and in the final film it's about two siblings so that's how much it changed it's over altered, time yeah I'm sorry for interrupting
0: no you're fine um there's uh I did like the whole sequence where the car accident occurs hmm and Chan Elizabeth gets... She's become somewhat of a horror darling herself. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this, in uh, the Night of the Demons remake. What else has she been... Uh, horror related. I'm trying to think. Is it just scary those Scary movie. Scary movie. <laughs> that counts. So she's got a little bit of a repertoire with the horror um, community in, in those. Um, but it just, like, it still has, like, a... Does it not... It does have, like, a little bit of a fall vibe. And I know you and I were talking about this before we hit yeah. record that... There's no set date on it, right? But why do I think that there was some Halloween stuff in the film?
1: Because you failed to rewatch it before doing the podcast. Yeah, but I
0: also asked you...
1: Yes, and what I told you is that you re- you remember a scene where people are dressed up in costumes.
0: And you said that that was for I a fundraiser, you, It's right? a
1: fundraiser for endangered species. Yeah. So people were dressing up like gotcha. endangered yeah, so. species. And... If you get a fall vibe from it, that makes sense to me. It's a horror film. I get fall vibes from a lot of horror films that don't... Take place in the fall, yeah. Or don't... You know, it could be the fall. Because this movie, it doesn't set a date. Right. But it, And it takes place in Los Angeles, so you really can't tell what time of year it is. Yeah. Because Pumpkinhead doesn't set itself in a date, but to me, that's...
0: No, um, they're sweating their balls and... Nuts off too, so but it still a,
1: gives me a fall vibe because yeah. the wood scenes and the there's dead leaves everywhere. Throughout That's them. true. Now, for 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 all of its
0: flaws, like we said, it is still very much uh, enjoyable. But man, it, it, if this isn't like a, it almost feels like it was uh, a 90s revitalization. Even this cut of the film, when you have, you know, Christina Ricci. Who was who, who had her time in the sun in the '90s? Yeah. Joshua Jackson coming back out of obscurity to, to be in this. Um, obviously, the Scott Baio character was Corey Feldman supposed to play the Scott
1: Baio character? I have no idea. I don't. Know. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, and also gave me '80s vibes. Like, can I talk about that now? Yeah. Yeah. Um. The the scene the. The gym scene, the wrestling scene, that reminded me of Teen Wolf. Oh yeah, I the can way see he that. was using his like werewolf strength to another
0: great werewolf film.
1: Wrestle like how Michael J. Fox did with basketball. Yeah, and the Lost Boys vibes—they're very light, but it opens at a carnival, like a pier. Oh, I can. And that yeah, reminds okay. me of how Lost Boys opens on well, the boardwalk and the boardwalk. Yeah, and. The way Jesse Eisenberg... you know, you got two siblings as the main characters. Oh, yeah. The way Jesse Eisenberg's character learns more about werewolves is through not. Ju- I mean, with Corey Feldman, it was basically just comic books. You mean Corey Ham? Corey Ham, yes. Sorry. With um, Jesse Eisenberg, he he reads books and he looks online too, but right. there's also some comic books there. So that that reminded me of Lost Boys. So I don't know if it was um, intentional, but. We know Kevin Williamson loves to throw back to older horror films. Right. And there was also, like, more obviously, like, Wolfman references. and
0: Now, um, yeah, Eisenberg, it was one of Eisenberg's earlier films, too. That yeah. was before he became, like, a little Hollywood darling himself.
1: Why do you keep saying Hollywood darling? I don't know. Horror I said darling.
0: Horror, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Milo uh, Ventimiglia, I think that's how he's pronounce his name uh but anyway this is one of his uh i thought that this was one of his earlier films but he's been acting since 95
1: for 10 years before curse
0: yeah so um but he was also in the sabrina, sabrina the teenage witch show with um melissa joan hart was that her name yeah nice anyway i just wanted to bring this up because i know he may not be talked about in this podcast anytime soon and I don't know if he claims straight edge for himself but I know he does not drink or he does not smoke Um, and I know he's vegan so Milo Ventimiglia
1: vegan straight edge so that's why you love him so much I
0: mean it it plays into it because he's just the man because he's awesome on This Is Us he's great in That's My Boy Adam Sadler movie
1: never seen it
0: Fair enough. You only watch horror. I like it.
1: I do not only watch horror.
0: Joking. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so let's talk about the effects in it. Uh, K and B took over for Rick Baker, mm-hmm. um, after Rick all but <laughs> pulled his name off it. Um,
1: I have to say we get a few shots of the werewolf that are practical. I think they might have been touched up a little with CGI, and I actually do like that design. But when it's CGI, that looks pretty terrible.
0: And I think that might play into part of the reason people are hesitant and don't want to take on the werewolf uh, genre because it could seem it's hard to do practically and have it look good, especially as we get further and further into the future. People don't want to spend money on practical effects. It costs time, energy, money. With um, all
1: this technology it should be easier to do you would those think kind of effects that I would think
0: but then I think people are afraid to uh, how they're gonna execute it and it could come off cheesy um, so they don't so they opt not to which is a shame because I feel like we're we're somewhat robbed of having good werewolf movies but uh late phases I will give a lot of credit to that came out of three or four years ago and it's uh, an amazing werewolf film I love it I have yet to see that and that is a horror film. So. It is, it it's uh, <laughs> it's uh it's fucking great, but uh yeah, I it just seems like something that should be it seems like I don't know. It just seems like there should be more of a foundation and, and way more newer films in the horror realm that are tackling the werewolf uh, genre because I feel like they just don't like I feel like vampires get their day in the sun (laughs) pun intended um I mean but then again you don't see other than the Tom Cruise mummy universal reboot you don't really see the mummy or the creature from the black lagoon either but you also think when you think of like the famous monsters i mean you think about frankenstein the werewolf uh, the wolfman and dracula right yeah
1: well i think we've talked about those some on here before but when they try to bring those classic monsters back now it's always got to be like a big action event. action yeah and they then, don't they don't try they don't even try to make make it scary again It's true maybe they maybe they could get someone to do if they hired the right people
0: You know, and I feel, and you hit the nail right on the head, and we've talked about it before, um, because comic book movies are, like, the huge box office blockbusters that do so much, uh, so much business, so much, they make so much money, the, you know, merchandising and what have you, um, they try to turn some of these bigger horror movies into those, and, you'll lose the soul of a horror movie when you add too much of other genre elements into it, in my mm-hmm. eyes. I still haven't seen the mummy, but from what I've heard it is just a full blown action movie. It just happens to be about a mummy. Well
1: yeah. Yep. I had to I had to watch it.
0: And uh you had to <laughs> so oh wait, so you've seen it, so Yeah. If you had to rate it one out of ten, what would you
1: give it? I give it like a five I think cause I was expecting it to suck I was not <laughs> I couldn't be disappointed so I just had fun with it as best as I could <laughs> so it, it'd be a five cause I didn't think it was good but I was expecting shit and I didn't get complete shit so no it's not a one it's not a one
0: are there any real ones out there Hellraiser Revelations. It's that bad. I I could never bring myself to watch it without Doug Bradley in if in a Hellraiser film. I don't think I could. What are some of your favorite scenes in
1: Cursed? I think the first kill with Shannon Elizabeth was pretty intense. It was awesome. I agree. The the car accident by its alone it was is, yeah. kind of intense. And then the scene where she gets killed. And, and this really, like, it was awesome buying the DVD and seeing the R-rated cut. Because yeah. this wasn't in the theatrical version. You see Shannon Elizabeth get chucked over the car after you think she's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she's just cut in half. And then her torso just starts, like, trying to crawl away as she dies. That was, yeah. like, actually pretty terrifying. Yeah, that was good shit. Like, the only... Truly scary scene in the movie
0: because that happens t- towards the the, the f- yeah f- beginning of the film. A- I will say after I saw this film, well, when I got to that point, my expectations immediately shot up. I was like, "Holy shit!"
1: Yep. Um, did you see it in theaters? No. Or, no, okay, I just said I you... bought it. Yeah. Uh... Um. Another. I mean, I like the death scene with Maya. It was after seeing Scream Four, Maya's death scene is like. It's like he predicted the future, and he was... Yeah.
0: <laughs> you gotta remember, though, it's it's Williamson writing these things.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, because it, it takes place in a car garage, so now, like, Maya's death scene here, and Allison Breeze and Scream 4 are kind of very similar. Right. And as cheesy as it is, I love... It's like a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street when the werewolf scratches its claws on the car. Yeah. Like Freddy Krueger does. So that scene's pretty cool. Um... I love the werewolf, you know, jumping out and attacking everyone at the museum. Yeah, yeah. With all the props, like, there's a wolf, there's Wolfman, like, wax figures. There's a wax Freddy Krueger. I I do like
0: the, um, yeah, that part is, like, awesome. Uh, Which, those are actual props from Nightmare on Elm Street. The actual Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, I did like, uh... I did like the progression of jesse eisenberg's character you know slowly realizing his abilities as he realized he was a werewolf yeah uh i like that progression into his character Mm -hmm. and jesse eisenberg's a character that a part of me like hates him as an actor and that part of me (laughs) loves him as an actor i don't know where to really sit with him
1: is it because like when he first started doing movies his um his whole vibe was very funny kind of, but then he just started playing the same role over and over again. I think so. Of. Although, I mean, the so- it's like in the social network, he played the same role, but kind of an asshole. Yeah. So, yeah. I kind of feel the same way. But looking back on Cursed, that was the first thing I saw him in, so I can't hate him in that. Um. Having
0: I'm, the Scott Bayo thing. If it is Corey Feldman that was playing the Scott Bayo one, that's amazing. That's even better.
1: This is another thing I love. Scott Bayo. Judy Greer I don't know if you ever noticed, but Judy Greer's character has this like obsession with Scott Bayo. Yeah, yeah. And I wish I could like quote something, but I haven't seen the movie a hundred times. I've only seen it fifty times. Yeah. <laughs> um I thought that was funny. <laughs> Chris, anytime Christina Ricci's on screen, because she's just there's something just great about her, and we don't see enough of her. And it's just great seeing an actress like her in a, in a West Craven movie, a she's, later West Craven movie. She's one of those actresses that
0: just has like a magnetic vibe about her. Like you, yeah. you automatically, your eyes are locked on her whenever she's on screen. I think she's underrated. I think she isn't talked about uh, merely enough. Is she should be, and, uh, I enjoy
1: everything I see her in, and she's just,
0: she just kills everything she's in.
1: Everything from mermaids to cursed. I don't, I don't know if I've seen her in anything after cursed, sadly. Really? Yeah,
0: after, oh yeah, you didn't see, uh, afterlife. afterlife. Afterlife's a good one. It's a good one. So let's, uh, now that we've kind of talked a little bit about, uh, Cursed, uh, maybe we'll touch back on it, but obviously there's uh, some more Wes Craven news on the horizon, and it's only fitting that we talk about one of our favorite horror directors on this episode, and it's Halloween, so it seemed, all seems uh, fitting and relevant. Let's talk a little bit about uh possible, uh, you know, we just had Robert England reprise his role as Freddy Krueger in the ABC show The Goldbergs.
1: Yep, and he had said that he may be willing to do one more he said Nightmare he said straight time. up, I got one left in me. And now it's news that Heather Langenkamp just said the same thing. Now, having her back as Nancy would be awesome, right? But they'd have to or how do you feel about I that? I
0: think I I this is my idea. If old okay. Jesse HS is right in the fucking new Elm Street entry, this is the way I'd go. Freddy's back. And he's taking new ass. But they have actual uh good dream demon type, you know, dream angels, if you would, and they're the slain from prior movies. So Heather like Langenkamp Peter,
1: like the Peter Jackson Yes Part six, Peter Jackson's original. A script. little bit. But so, if you were so Nancy it, Thompson, steal Peter Jackson's idea. Well,
0: it's not completely Peter Jackson's idea, I'm motherfucker. Messing. I'm just messing. Um, so you have Nancy Thompson,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can have Tina. So, yeah. in their oh, yeah. world, Amanda she she'd yes, love to come back. Yeah, I saw if, that. Yeah, you know. so they live in a dream world where they age, so you can cover for their age, and they could say, you know, you live your life. Just as you would anywhere else, but you're dead and you're in the dream world or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that seems like a little stupid, but who cares? Um, so you can have those two in there. Who else? What other slain characters can you have? Well, I'd love to have Kincaid back. That's true. He is a slain character now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Chase Matthews. No, wait, no, that that broke the... Yeah. Wait, not Chase Matthews. Chase Porter. Chase Porter. Uh, Chase Porter. Chase Matthews is from Pet Cemetery too, um. But I don't know. It's, it could be interesting to see what they do, but who knows? Yeah. It's. I I mean I don't think he. I don't think they're gonna write one for Robert Anglin to do. Sadly, I think he's done. Even though I would love to see it. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna get something together. But I'm
1: saying, if they did it, how would, how would you feel? So we, I guess we already got that out of you. You'd want to see it if it
0: it would have to be written by someone trustworthy i yeah. wouldn't i would trust i wouldn't trust anybody to write that film it would have to be the right person
1: which is nobody that's true well that's what you're saying you wouldn't trust anybody
0: i mean i guess i could trust williamson but i don't know if williamson's forte is uh, the Freddy Krueger... Uh... Williamson? Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson. Who'd oh. I say? You said Williamson. I just... Yeah, Kevin Williamson. Um, I don't know if his
1: forte would be uh, the Freddy Krueger character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think all these people, even Adrian King with Friday the 13th, they're saying they would love it if they could come back similar to jamie lee curtis with halloween now and i don't mean any disrespect to these actresses but jamie lee curtis is a big draw because she had a big career outside of horror films so it's easy to just bring her back every once in a while and make it a big box office hit yeah heather Langenkamp, i love her she's my favorite of the the main slasher franchise heroines yeah, and uh, she's your favorite too, correct? Mm-hmm. She is, um, but you know, but I don't think like you know, wide audience. You know, like horror. There's horror movie fans, but then there's also people who casually go see horror. Movies. Yeah, and sadly, that's how horror movies make their money because there's so many toxic fans in the horror yeah. genre that's that true. are like, "I'll wait for DVD. It's probably gonna suck. It's not gonna be as good as." Part one.
0: And that kind of, you know, it goes with the pirating and and everything. And speaking of pirating, we'll talk Adam Green. Um, Because I know he gets on that soapbox and I can't blame him for it. Um, But, you know what, maybe... You know what I would trust? I would trust a new nightmare film in the hands of, say, an Adam Green or a Joe Lynch. I feel like that they would do it justice. And I feel like Adam Green writing the Jarvis Chronicles in the Friday the 13th film was perfect. I thought it was awesome. Uh, and I feel like someone like him or Joe Lynch would give the proper due respect to the nightmare film franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, that's wishful thinking, I suppose. Old West, man. Yeah. It's Um... a shame. He's, it's a shame. He's gone.
1: Well yeah, I like your idea because that way you can still acknowledge Dream Warriors cuz I think it'd be Dream Warriors is one of the biggest horror movie sequels. Oh yeah, by far. So I think it'd be I think it'd hurt fans way too much if they ignored Dream Warriors to bring Heather Langen back. Yeah, that's true. So, so I would I would go see it and I would accept a different timeline. If it meant we had I Robert, I would too, and I, you if know it how it much meant we I love Robert. Robert and Heather Langenkamp back in the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, yeah, I'd accept a separate timeline because to me, the Nightmare on Elm Street films are wrapped up.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, but it would be it would be fun to say for Freddy to almost torment them when he sees them, like torment Heather Langenkamp's character, you know, Nancy yeah. Thompson, and be like. Oh geez, it must suck. You're dead and you're still aging. You know stuff like yeah. that. Like I feel like that kind of uh, back and forth would be that so would much be fun. I
1: would love it if they could acknowledge them all. But if they they just dis- if they did this and they decided not to, because I I'm not that like I don't get up in arms about these things, right? Because I'll always love like if I was gonna marathon the Halloween films and have it all make sense, I'd always go with Halloween, Halloween Two, Halloween H Two O, right. But I still love Halloween 4, 5, and 6. I still really enjoyed the new one. You want to know something, though? Different
0: timelines. It doesn't bother me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't me either. But you know what? I can't wait for next Halloween so I can watch the original Halloween and then watch Halloween 2018
1: right after it. Yeah. Same here. It's going to be a treat. So let's move on to David Arquette has also just said he would love to come back. And do a Scream 5, and I feel very differently about this. How do I, you feel?
0: I don't want to see it mostly because those were so Wes Craven. Yes. That doing it without Wes Craven just seems like, why?
1: Right. And let me, yeah. Because it's different with Nightmare on Elm Street because he sort of separated himself from that. And he let them do whatever they were going to do with Freddy. And the
0: mythology and the character of Freddie grew without Wes and kind of took on a, a life of its own, even without Wes. But yes. the scream series you're talking about Wes was with every film. Yeah. And that was Wes's baby. I think, I mean, there's no denying that, you know, Freddie's the house that built new line or, you know, f- or Freddie's the, the guy that built the new line house, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, he launched so many careers, uh he he revitalized uh Wes's. Wes already had kind of made a name for himself, but he really brought rest rest really brought Wes to the forefront of the film independent filmmaking. Yeah. Um and really really put him in the place that, you know, he deserved to be. But Scream was just his baby, man. Scream was his.
1: Well, I don't want to shit on what you're saying, but it's it is Kevin Kevin Williamson's story. Right. Yes, yes. But I think it was it was so amazing when the, the way Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson were I would... able to collaborate with each yeah. other. And the... by the time they made Scream Two, Kevin Williamson was literally just writing in certain scenes. Wes will make it scary.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, that's how. That's why. But that's why I say like it was awesome so much. Yeah. Exactly. Talk about a trust between a writer and director. But that's yeah. um. But that's what I mean by it's Wes's baby. Like Wes right. was on the fly making stuff scary in certain right. scenes. Like it's and
1: with another director, they could have changed. Oh God, yeah. God. Uh, the script. Um, and it, it. That reminds me of the way Wes Craven and Robert Shea collaborated so well on oh, the original yeah. nightmare on elm street because some of my favorite scenes like were robert shay's idea um some of not some of my favorite scenes some of the most iconic scenes like the right, stairs right. um and then that was a dream that robert shay had, had yeah then so with scream kevin williamson and really nothing to do with the finished version of scream 3 and I think we can agree that... It showed. It definitely showed. And he had a little to do with Scream 4. But a lot of his script was rewritten. And I th- I think it shows, but I still think it comes out a lot better than Scream 3 Right, did. right. So... It's with the... I, I would accept Scream 5
0: if, and only if, Williamson wrote and
1: directed. I'll agree there. But I also think the best way to honor Wes Craven is to let his final film be the final Scream. It's his
0: final film.
1: Yes, exactly. So I think
0: you can't touch it.
1: And also, what, what, and what would they have to say that's new? Because Scream was so fresh and commented on its own genre in a way that no film had ever, ever had.
0: And they had kind of...
1: Scream 2 commented on sequels, and that, that was very clever. Scream 3 tried to come on trilogies that no, that was not very good. And then Scream 4 did tackle the idea of like remakes. So I mean, what would the theme of Scream 5 even be? I don't know. See, it's like it's like they already said and everything that there was to say, I think. And the fact that it all what, up. Scream 4 was Wes's last movie
0: don't don't toy with now, you know, the mythology of it. I don't even know if yeah. Kevin Williamson would be on board with doing that.
1: Right. But I, I love David Arquette. Yeah,
2: yeah. More power I will to say him. that.
1: I Professional will say, wrestler now. I would accept seeing David Arquette as Dewey again. If not with Kevin Williamson writing and directing, then guest star on the TV show. Right. They have Something. the ghost face mask again. They could tie it into the movies. I could accept that as, like... You know what I mean? Because it's not a movie; it's the TV show. So yeah. I don't know if it makes sense that I would accept that, but not if they made Scream Five. Obviously, we'd be there. Yeah, of <laughs> but course. Because I'm just saying, saying, if I was if it if it was up to me, no, sorry, David Arquette, but I will give you a great role in a different movie. There you go.
0: So uh any closing thoughts on Cursed? I know we, we kind of got off on some Wes Craven Craven stuff, but it was only natural we had to touch upon this stuff and uh any final thoughts on Cursed?
1: Yes, I think it's a very fun cheesy film and for for what it turned out to in be in the best
0: sense, of course.
1: It's a Wes Craven movie, it's a Kevin Williamson written movie, and I enjoy it for what it is. But I would be so excited if they were able to release this original cut and i think it'd be a great deal for us west craven fans oh yeah be a great way to honor west craven i don't see a reason not to do it if it exists he said he did say that he doesn't know if the footage went with the weinsteins or if another company has it now but there's someone who has it if they don't want anything to do with it they would make money off it so they should sell it to whatever company would want to release it on blu-ray true if it's not if you don't see it as a big selling point by itself because it's a, an unsuccessful they're releasing movie.
0: valentine dude and i love they valentine are releasing and you valentine
1: in that bond right yeah but if i'm just saying if they don't think if they don't see it making a lot of money by itself then release it as part of a west Craven box set that Something. would that would get sold Um, so put it in a
0: box set with my soul to take and something else.
1: I'm not a big hashtag person. I only do it when necessary, but on the bloody disgusting article, there was hashtag release the Craven cut at the bottom. I have now posted twice with hashtag release the Craven cut. So if you guys could get that trending. Yeah. Get the word out. (laughs) Release the Craven cut. Hashtag hashtag release the graven cut
0: yeah i'm uh i don't know wes is one of our favorites if not our favorite director i love loved all of his work uh obviously he's immensely missed within the lore community but uh you know these the films live on and we keep watching them when i talk about them we uh we keep watching them we keep talking about them and You know what I mean? A guy that's been dead for almost three years, we're still sitting here talking about what he did when he was alive, so I don't think there's any better testament to to a man than that.
1: Three years yesterday. No. And two months ago.
0: Yeah, and two months.
1: (laughs) I confuse Halloween and my birthday sometimes.
0: I feel you. I do that, even though my birthday is February 16th. Mm. 1948. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's cursed. Hopefully one day we see the cut that we all desire and, uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at heart media. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes, um, rate and review on iTunes. If you're listening, rate and review on iTunes. If you're listening rate and review on iTunes, if you're listening, I just wanted to make sure I drove that point home. Release the Craven cut. Release the Craven cut. Release the Craven cut. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let us know you're listening. We see the plays, but we just don't hear enough from you personally, and we would love to. Um, but yeah, have everyone uh, have a happy 2018 Halloween.